0: Hello, are you ready to get down? Because we are. Heather and Bennett here getting down all night together.
1: (laughs) Weird pacing.
0: Um, recording again from our. State of the art studio, Mm -hmm. Melbourne, Australia, dead of winter, Mm -hmm. freezing in Celsius or Fahrenheit no matter what you're
1: using. This is officially episode 12 of Digital Digital Get Down. If you say so. And tonight we are drinking a Pinot Grigio from the Reserve Estate in southeastern Australia. That's not a state. Hmm. New South Wales.
0: Okay. It's
1: pretty good. It has flavored notes of crunchy green apple, lemon, and passion fruit, apparently. Hmm. It's pretty good.
0: Yeah, not bad. Uh, what's happening this week? I watched another movie today without you.
1: So secretive. And
0: I know exactly what you're going to say when I say it. Go ahead. I rewatched Donnie Darko, and you're going to say.
1: That movie creeped me the fuck out.
0: Yeah, that's usually what you say. Is that
1: the correct phrasing?
0: Yeah. Um, I listened to a podcast yesterday. The one with um, Todd, who used to be on the A.V. Club, and he had the director on, and so he was talking about it, and so I said, oh, I kind of want to watch it. Okay. So it was good on a rewatch. The podcast with the director, Richard Kelly, was really good, so I want to check out his other movies. And I'm going to save more thoughts from when we talk about The Leftovers, but Kay. my overall theory is that Donnie Darko accomplishes what Leftovers tried to do in two seasons in about two hours.
1: Okay. All right, we can discuss that more next yeah, week. Yeah,
0: just, just leaving that there. Okay. I also finished Veep. Um, I think it's season six. Mm-hmm. Um, just more more evidence that shows are not meant to last that many seasons. It's just losing a little bit of its luster.
1: I never thought I had much luster to begin with.
0: You, well, you have never made it through an episode because you always got so anxious. No, it
1: makes me anxious and not in a fun kind of way.
0: Yeah, there's still certain characters, Gary obviously, who is worth watching is that the
1: for. Development guy. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, but I know a lot of the writers have moved around, and so the yeah you know, the jokes just don't land quite as well as they used to. Okay, like are there you. any shows on nowadays that deserve more than five seasons?
1: That's currently on. Yeah. Um what are my favorite shows? I don't even know anymore. Like the,
0: like I'm fine with it for like big bang theory or like friends that we were talking about last week. Like they did
1: episodic and yeah.
0: And like those characters, you know, they were growing older. So you were following them. Right. But when you're doing like a workplace thing, it's like working in a, the same fucking office for 10 years in real life is boring as shit. Even yeah. if you dress it up on TV, it's still going to be stale after a while. Parks and Rec. You would watch 10 seasons in a movie.
1: Uh, times ten. I would watch a new season every year for the rest of my life.
0: As long as it's not season two, or whatever the terrible one was. Season one. That's the bad one. Yeah. With that stupid love interest. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else? You got? I have a couple updates on some of your news from last week that I need to drop on you. Okay. You want to hear it
1: now? Can I give my intro? Yeah, sure. Stop trampling over my intro. Go for it. I finished a lovely book last night.
0: But you were speed reading in the dark. There was not much light. You were getting emotional. I meant
1: to go to bed, and then you made me watch a stupid movie. Yeah. And so I didn't get to read like I wanted to. And then once I hit a certain point of the book, I just had to keep reading. Yeah. It was a that Simon. doesn't happen
0: to me, but I believe you that it happened.
1: It hasn't happened to me in a while, not to keep me from sleeping. You know how much I love sleeping. Yeah. And this book kept me from so, sleeping.
0: Yeah.
1: It's called Simon versus the Homo Sapien Agenda by Becky Albertalli. It's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. And it's a much better... Then the other book that also has a mouthful of a name, Aristotle and Dante Discover the yeah. Secrets of the Universe or something, yeah. which was terrible. And this book is what I wanted that book to be. This book was amazing. Okay, It was delightful. It was exactly what I want out of a young adult book. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make you read it and talk about it on a different podcast.
0: And we can send the people to Book Digits to read your competing reviews. Yes. Okay.
1: Um, and I was just going to mention that this week was the 20th anniversary of the Harry Potter uh, and the Philosopher's Stone being published. Did you see any of that kind of stuff?
0: Um, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> 20, 25 <laughs> years since Harry Potter was supposed to be born or since the book came oh, out?
1: No, 20th anniversary. don't
0: some people celebrate Harry's birthday as well? Yes. That's we'll, a little bit. We're it. putting that aside. Okay.
1: This is the 20th anniversary of the publishing date of the first Harry Potter book in, in the, UK. the UK. Yeah. So it's not really the, the U S uh, or Canada or whatever, Okay. but it's like, the, like a real mm-hmm. anniversary in our universe. Oh, wow, that's a long time. It made me feel fucking old. Yeah. But it also brought up something fun in my office at work this week. Right. You Nina and yeah. I, one of my coworkers were talking about the houses that we were in. Cause there's that time magazine, Harry Potter quiz that was going around. Uh-huh. So Nina and I were talking about it and it ended up, with all of my office mates taking the quiz, like Mm -hmm. even like the older adults who like had not even read the series or seen the books or any movies read. Yeah. We gotcha. Yeah. Um, who didn't know anything about it. We made them take it as well. Uh huh. um, there was a couple surprises. I was well. You
0: had, you said you had a little bit of Gryffindor blood well, in you. Well,
1: I was Hufflepuff, of course, but wow. I was more Gryffindor than Ravenclaw, which has never happened to me. I don't know if I'm getting dumber. You're brave. I don't know. Well, a lot of the questions were like, if you have oh, to see, do something. you'll be brave. A lot of the questions were like, if you absolutely have to do something, will you do it. And it's like, yeah, that's the whole point of being an adult. So you like, you have to do shit you don't want to do. It's kind of rapey. <laughs> Not like that. It was more like. Uh, if, you know, something was going to be difficult for you or you were afraid of something, but it was important, would you do it?
0: Uh, there's only one question needed for this test. Was this approved by Joe Rowling? No,
1: it's not. it doesn't count. But for people in an office that don't have Pottermore accounts and they're not going to make them on office computers, (laughs) to be able to go to the Time Magazine website and do like a 20 question personality quiz Mm. was a bit more accessible in an office environment. So we had like... Four Hufflepuffs, five Gryffindors, like, four Ravenclaws, and one Slytherin. Mm. That was a... Like, he was, like, 70% Slytherin as well. He's very Slytherin. Yeah, Slytherin-y. I
0: mean, one Slytherin is fine. It's when you group them together, really.
1: I think you need the one Slytherin. Someone's got to play bad cop, you know?
0: Yeah. Now, you were threatening uh, the other day to quit Facebook. I'm thinking we just jump wholeheartedly into Pottermore. It's <laughs> on <For the time, laughs> our only social media. I
1: don't think so. <laughs> mm. No, thanks. Okay. So, you brought up... I'm really worried about old, what I'm saying. old yeah. big poppy. Your, last week, your face is giving me I'm a little nervous.
0: Big poppy, David Ortiz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to show you this video, but NESN, which is the New England Sports Network, the channel that broadcasts Red Sox games, tried to have a roast of Ortiz, like a comedy roast. Did it get real steroidy? No, worse than that. Um, and so they ended up they were not allowed to show it. Domestic they, abuse. They pulled it. The issue is, is that I guess they invited like a lot of like local comics and some bigger names as well, but the clip that got released Racism. in that, then they try to show up, uh, tried to, you know, make it disappear is they let Rob Gronkowski on stage
1: mm. and clearly... Never give that boy a mic.
0: Clearly someone wrote him some, some serious jokes. So the first one that they showed, and we'll tweet these links this out. This isn't your bad news? No, I'm just following up on your news. So he said one comment to a female comedian who was on stage, something to the effect of, I can tell you why you're a slut now, it's because you've been rammed by eight guys all night. Which wasn't very eloquent or funny,
1: uh, but yeah, that. That is like the epitome of rape culture. Yeah. Like saying that men force themselves on her and then it's her fault that she's being yes. promiscuous. So he hit, he hit
0: that note, and then he followed that up with the, the guy who plays Falcon in Marvel was apparently there for some reason. Oh, Sam... uh, Sure. Oh, what's his name? Now I'm going to feel bad, I'm going to look it And Rob's joke for him was that, wow, look, he can fly even when he's not running away from cops.
1: Black jokes. I was waiting for you to say black jokes. That's his superpower, he said. Sam Wilson is the character's name, Anthony Mackie.
0: There you go. Anthony
1: Mackie's So he was there, and
0: he had to listen to that. And then Rob Gronkowski's closer was aimed at a Jewish comic, and he said, why do Jews love football? Because they want their quarterback, which maybe isn't even too anti-Semitic, but it's just a terrible joke quarterback.
1: I think if you have to qualify it as not too anti-Semitic, oh, it's God. still a problem, honey. Who gave Gronk a mic?
0: Yes, nobody should invite
1: him onto anything.
0: First, Nesson fired Don Orsillo. Uh, I still not over that. And, and now they're doing this
1: shit—racist and misogynistic jokes on a sports network. Wow, how original of them! Yeah,
0: so that was a failed experiment. And then I was also going to mention, you were already looking at the pics earlier, but on brighter news, Julian Edelman on the cover of this ESPN body Very issue, what's your, what's your review of his tones?
1: Um, he looks like is a little too muscly for me, well, yeah. but I also just want to know, what's the tape situation down there? You're
0: fascinated with the tape. Like,
1: I just don't understand the angle he's at. Stuff would be dangling.
0: Maybe just... he doesn't need much tape, maybe. Yeah, but like... I'm... Where's the junk?
1: Yeah, where's the junk? Um, even if there's like not much there, like where's the, the dangly bits, you know?
0: Yeah. ESPN is terrible in many, many ways, but I do like the idea of this body issue as opposed to the SI swimsuit edition, which is Correct. about 30 years out of its prime.
1: Correct. And last year, like they had Allie Reisman and like the gymnasts. Yeah. And they were just amazing.
0: Well, the best, have you ever seen Vince Wilfork's
1: <laughs> one? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Talking about body positivity. Yeah. Um, I was saying though, if you look at those photos, we'll post them I guess. Um, mm-hmm. the baseball guy's got a bad rap. I know the cubbies won, but why did they pick that guy?
0: Yeah, you were judging on <laughs> what on
1: just the rest of the guys. Are, butt, the rest of the saying. guys are super muscular mm-hmm. and he just kind of looked a bit scrawny. That's fine. I mean maybe they've just eradicated steroids too well. <laughs> um, but yeah, he didn't look great. I felt bad for the sport of baseball if that was their representative for the cover. Yeah. I feel I like need to apologize for my voice. It's okay. I think it sounds terrible. We'll auto tune you later. No, we won't. No, we have no, no special effects on this podcast. No. Um, I do have a bit of a cold, so I apologize for the horrible raspiness of my voice. This plan hurt. You keep using that phrase.
0: You're you're tough cookie. Okay. Uh we're getting on to good news. Bad news. Yeah.
1: Should I do my good news first? You seem
0: excited about it. I had no good um, news and no bad news, so That go was me last
1: week. So I have one very small good news. Okay. One of my favorite crappy chick flick movies.
0: So many to choose from.
1: That's why I said one of. Mm. That's the qualifier. Is A Cinderella Story with Hilary Duff.
0: Right. Okay. They wear masks at the end.
1: Yeah. In, in, the the mid- in the middle. In the middle. Okay. So Chad Michael Murray is a love interest in that.
0: Who is not Will Ferrell's character in Blades of Glory? That's Chad, Chad
1: Michael Michael's. Okay, this is Chad Michael Murray, real name, real, real person. person. Okay. Um, he, Chad Michael Michael, <laughs> he wore his costume from a Cinderella story movie to some that's sort of like charity sad. prom thing. No, it was like a charity thing, okay. like a charity prom, and he like got that costume out and put it back on his like yeah. masquerade costume. But well, he hasn't
0: been in anything since. So that's why it's sad. Yeah, I guess. <laughs>
1: But it made me want to watch that movie sometime. It's okay. a good, like, sick day movie.
0: Yes, I was going to say, when I'm not home, you watch that.
1: Yeah, You watch a lot of movies when I'm not home, That's so fine. I can return the favor. My actual good news, I think, mm-hmm. I went back and forth on whether this was good news, but I think it's going to qualify as good news. The Ham for All Challenge. Yeah. So, the Immigrants We Get the Job Done Coalition. You tell them, Lafayette. There's a fundraiser um, through Prizio, which I don't really believe in Prizio. But. You're saying a lot of words that a lot of, a lot of our audience won't know. Our three audience Take members. Take a step
0: back. Hamilton is a musical.
1: Okay. Well, is a musical. Aaron
0: Burr is the star and the, the hero. Cre-
1: the creator of the musical, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Mm-hmm. His parents are immigrants
0: and he- from Puerto he is Mary Rico. Mary Poppins. <laughs> I'm trying to connect the dots here. <laughs>
1: American Poppins, y'all. <laughs> um, he has a coalition to support immigrant welfare and immigrant rights, and he's okay. doing a contest to raise money for that through PrizeO. So it's like a website where you can win celebrity experiences. If you donate. So if you donate at least $10, you could win a chance to get two tickets to the LA opening of Hamilton and then go to the after party and get to meet Lynn Manuel himself. Okay. So they're kind of doing it like ice bucket challenge style, right. like viral video style, Let it spread. Where it's like you, um, you donate, then you do a video of yourself singing a bit from Hamilton, and then you challenge other people to do the same. Mm-hmm. But a lot of celebrities have gotten behind it since Hamilton is Hamilton. Yeah, um, there's been some that I'm like. But there's been some that have been quite good. Although, if I hear Dear Theodosia one more fucking time from one of these celebrities.
0: Theodosia. Are most people doing it a cappella or hopefully with the soundtrack? Most people are doing it a cappella.
1: Some people have done it like karaoke kind of style. I yeah, let's think that. No, you have to sing it. That's the point. So, mm. two things that I hate most in this world are being on camera and singing in front of people. Yeah. Um, but it did lead to my friend Elizabeth and I sending each other funny videos back and forth of us doing really bad versions of the Wait, Hamilton. so you did the
0: challenge but didn't post it? Correct. Oh Lord.
1: Um, because I don't need the whole world to see that. But anyways, that was a highlight of me my week, because it was the day that I was sick.
0: And because Lynn Manuel almost kissed Jonathan Groff. I mean that again. video was adorable.
1: Yeah. They're I like guess. a little bit in love.
0: It's a little uncomfortable for their for one of their wives. <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe, they have, maybe they have a thing. You don't know their arrangement. That's fun. Um, but anyways, it's been kind of fun to see that all over my uh, Twitter feed. And actually, the best ones have not been the celebrity ones. The best mm-hmm. ones have been, like, some adorable children. There's, yeah, like, Brother and Sister that did um, the Aaron burr, sir, Aaron burr sir. song. Sir. And then there was the two little kids that did a duel yeah. with, like, Nerf guns. Malfunction, but it was... <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was... I like that. That brightened up my Twitter feed because usually Twitter lately is just as nostrumless. Yeah,
0: of, you need a little spark once in a while. Yeah,
1: so that was a nice uh, thing to break up all the angry political posts on Twitter for. Good.
0: Me. Okay, you ready for my good news? I but think you I have found a good one. News. What did I find? Oh, <laughs> I'm saying it's good news. That oh. have you heard that Netflix is gonna give Sensei a two-hour finale.
1: I never thought I'd see Sensei in your good news.
0: I'm just—it's just so people will shut up.
1: So good news that they'll—they're getting something, but there's not a whole season.
0: Uh, yeah, actually, it's not really good news because I think it's terrible. When I was a kid, you weren't allowed to petition <laughs> to get your favorite shows back. You freaking snowflakes! Now, that, now everyone's going to think. Oh, okay. I
1: wish you wouldn't use that term. Oh, mush! I'm
0: doing it in irony. Okay. Oh, my show got cancelled, but if I just if I just ask if I just ask Santa for it, Netflix will bring it back. No, it's not how the real world works.
1: I actually kind of like the compromise of doing like if I were a fan of the show, I like the compromise of having something to wrap up some of the questions it versus nothing.
0: yeah we, you and I were just discussing how life does not end that neatly always mm. saying a bad example for people. So this
1: is not your good news, so you had no good news. No, your good news is that you were able to rant about Sense8. Yes, okay. I feel better. You want to do your bad news? Do you have a good bad news? This week? I assume
0: I'm going to steal your bad news, but my bad news is all about Adele.
1: Oh, it didn't bother me, but continue. It didn't bother you. Do you tell them what the good news, tell them what your bad news is before you start? Well,
0: the first story I read was that she said she wasn't sure if she'd ever go on tour again. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. You loved her concert. You oh, said I it loved was her concert. It was magical. If you had never gotten to see her, you wouldn't feel bad that she was never going on tour again?
1: Not really. It made me really glo- Well, first of all, made me really glad oh, that I went yeah. this time. It makes it more valuable that I went if she never tours again. But she said that the last time as well, I believe. Mm, like, I think she's she just... A bit... No, she just hates diva touring. Diva
0: who doesn't cry tour?
1: No, no, she just hates touring. Yeah. Like, she straight up, like, hates being in huge audiences, yeah. hates being in huge stadiums. And she said that she, it took a lot of convincing for her to do this stadium tour because she oh, hates playing to stadiums. Yeah. So just in general. Yeah. And that... She literally had said, I will not do a stadium tour. And then they were like, You'd have to stay in Australia for six months mm. with the demand for tickets to be able to play enough, like, gigs. Oh, fame. So um, I think she'll probably change her mind. I think probably at the end of a tour, that's how you feel. Well, then the but story. But if she doesn't,
0: then. The story today, she cancelled all of her London shows now. Her throat's hurt again, vocal cords damaged. I mean, I don't. I'm
1: not, I'm not shocked if you hear her sing. She's gonna like flame out in her prime. She's Tiger Woods. She's. I don't think so. I think she just needs a break. I think touring's really hard. Take a break! (laughs) You've been listening to too much Hamilton. Never thought I'd say that on the podcast either. So I basically just wish her the best. If she hates touring, I don't want to make her tour all the time. And if it's bad for her voice, I'd rather have like more albums and more songs and stuff than have her force herself to tour if she hates it okay so just anyway. to
0: recap i tried to give good news and you jumped in and turned it into bad news and then i gave bad news and you jumped in and turned it into good news
1: i didn't turn it into good news just, just recap think it's for the people. end of the world just you were the one that said you had no good news or bad news this week you had to pull this out of your ass
0: on to you honey
1: um i have one just bad comment mm-hmm. facebook advertisements i am gonna fucking quit facebook every time i try to watch a two-minute video 30 seconds in there's like a two-minute ad oh in the videos yes if you ever try to watch a video on Facebook now and you click on it. Like a YouTube video or something someone's uploaded straight you know, to Facebook? Like anything. Any video content on Facebook, uh. it'll now cut you out and say Facebook ad loading. And then it like stops your video, plays okay. a Facebook ad. Like, you know, I like to watch Ellen videos sometimes on Facebook. You and they cut out like 20 seconds in. And then I don't, don't even want to finish the fucking video. I just keep scrolling. Wow. Suck. Um, my actual bad news they probably need money for their stupid Facebook real content yeah um actual bad news I have a sports I have a tennis news this week yeah John McEnroe being a dick to Serena they got into a bit of a kerfuffle
0: I just heard that she told him to shut up um I assumed he was backing her up against and like um, shitting on Margaret Court and all that stuff
1: John McEnroe said if she played the men's circuit she'd be like number 700 in the world
0: Um, he said that
1: because he, he was asked why he referred to her as the best female tennis player. And the reporter said, why qualify it? And he said, if she played the men's circuit, she'd be like 700 in the world. Hmm. Um, and then he said something like, maybe I should get at her now because she's pregnant. And then the female reporter shot back. You really think at 60, you could beat Serena Williams, even if she's pregnant. Hmm. So that's, so that's when Serena tweeted, I adore and respect you, but please keep me out of your statements that are not fact-based. <laughs> I've never played anyone ranked there, nor do I have time. Respect me in my privacy as I'm trying to have a baby. Good day, sir. Oof. So... Mm. Yeah, and then he, he then he was like, well, why don't you just combine and like just solve the problem? I'm sure the men would be all for this. Men and women would play together, and then we don't have to guess.
0: Yeah, we were talking about this before we started recording, but they play mixed doubles in all major tournaments, where you have one male one female on each side. The rules for men's and women's tennis are the same, except for the numbers of sets in the majors, so... Why don't they have more Battle of the Sexes? Like
1: we we'll get back to this later, I guess, or we can bring it up now, I guess. But mm-hmm. the, we just saw the trailer for that Battle of the Sexes movie, which I swear it's in the trailer like four times, and yeah, I've never seen it for a while. coming out. But it's got um Steve Carell as Bobby Riggs and Emma Stone as um Billie Jean King. Mm-hmm. But like Serena could kick ass, I think. Uh yeah. Like, her serve wouldn't be as fast, so she'd probably right. get killed with the serve, and vice versa. Like, it would be difficult for her to return some of the really fast serves. Yeah. Well, but I think
0: she'd adjust and figure out.
1: I think if she practiced, if she, obviously you couldn't just be like, hey, you're six months pregnant, let's put you on a court. Oh, you're talking about, no, I'm not talking about the pregnancy mm. part. Oh, no, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, if she had time to prepare and practiced against faster serves and, yeah. like, got her serve up to speed, yeah. I think she could hold her own. Especially against, like, I'm sorry, but Roger and Rafa, they are getting up there a little bit. They had so many injuries. um, Serena's getting up there. I guess. Uh, Some magazine
0: published, like, a 20,000-word story about her love of this Reddit founder. Yeah. I saw nice pictures of her with Baby Bump, but I didn't care to read the love story.
1: Anyway, so I was just annoyed that that's, like... Like, we were just watching the Battle of the Sexes movie trailer. I'm like, that's still fucking happening. Yeah. Like, it's still like, oh, well, she'd be, like, ranked 700 if she had to play men and all this bullshit. It's like, Hmm. get out of your fucking wheelchair, John McEnroe, and put your money where your mouth is. I do not think he could even get close to beating her at this point.
0: What's going to happen when the first transgendered tennis player wants to play?
1: I don't know. Um, Supposedly, they, they do that. Now, um... With some sports, just has, they just have to monitor the hormone levels.
0: Yeah, so it's just like doping tests and that stuff.
1: Pretty much, yeah, because um, if you have transitioned from female to male, often you're on testosterone. Sure. And then vice versa, you're on, like, suppressants if you go from male to female. Mm-hmm. So I guess they would just have to test the testosterone levels to make sure that it wasn't above the average of a woman or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. I guess I don't, if, the, if, if we talked about last week, if the sports world's not ready for an openly gay character, uh, openly character, <laughs> openly gay player, then yeah. I don't think that I will have to worry about any transgender players anytime soon, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Okay. What segment are we going to start with? Are we going... I thought we'd
1: start with the book, no? Okay, sure. So the book this week is just another way to prove... Uh, I have to do all my intros first. The children love
0: the books. It's time for YA. Why not? You call
1: this YA? Definitely. Mm, okay. What did you think it was? You thought it was lit thick? A little bit. Like little light lit thick. Lit thick light. Okay. I see that. Um, I was going to say, this is just another example of how, even though we've been together for like 11 years, we cannot predict what e- books the other is going to like. No, We're terrible at we definitely
0: diverged a lot I more thought recently. you would
1: like this one because it's like lit ficky.
0: Uh, a lot of the books that you've had me read lately, I've hated them. No, I've loved them at the beginning and then hated the last half. This time it was reversed, but I, the beginning rubbed me such the wrong way that I, I just, it left a bad taste to my mouth.
1: So before we keep you in suspense any longer, the book this week is called Death of Bees by yeah. Lisa O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I can give a summary. Go for it. So. Starts off
0: with a death. Two deaths. I just
1: said I was going to give the summary. (sighs) Back off. So it starts off with deaths, I suppose. Um, and not of bees. The main characters are two sisters. Um, Marnie and Nellie. They have horrible, like, uh, negligent, druggy parents, uh, who die in the beginning of the book. Um, the girls don't kill them. Well, you don't quite know that right away, but
0: they leave it sort of open and each of the sisters apparently thinks the other one killed. But you find
1: it out at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so two parents die likely through no fault of their own. Um, they don't want to go into the foster care system. So they just decide to bury their parents, pretend their parents have... in the
0: backyard.
1: Where else are they going to take them? <sighs> pretend their parents have gone off on a trip, which they've done before because they're horrible negligent parents and mm-hmm. just try and like get away with it for as long as they can. Um, and then their neighbor, Lenny, yep. um, kind of notices and takes pity on them and starts inviting them over for dinner and stuff. Um, and you find out that he's a bit of a, um, troublemaker as well. Former,
0: pe- former accused pedophile.
1: Yeah. Well, he was a homosexual and got caught trying to pick up someone in a park, um, mm. a moment of poor judgment. Um, so he's like on the sex offender list. I think, or
0: yeah. you know, no, he's registered yeah.
1: yeah. So, but he starts to take care of these girls, and then their right. uh, mm. their grandfather. I said I was <laughs> doing the intro. <laughs> I love the book
0: so much. I just can't um, help it.
1: Their the their father. Their excuse me. Their mother's father. So their maternal grandfather comes mm. looking for the mother, wanting to make amends for all the da- bad shit he did earlier. He in was their a lives. shitty parent too. And then he starts trying to be controlling and take over. um... And yeah, so the kind of t- main tension in the book, um, there's not super, a lot of like rising and falling action of the plot, but the right. main tension is when, they, when is someone going to find out what happened to their parents yeah. and are they going to get in trouble for it? What's going to happen to them when it's discovered that their parents are dead?
0: And the, the dog helps that along.
1: Yes. The, the Lenny, um, the gay neighbor has a dog who keeps digging up the, the bodies cause they're buried <laughs> in the garden and not very mm-hmm. well because they're buried by like a 15 year old and a 12 year old.
0: Yeah. Um okay so so sell me on this book. What did
1: I miss um I what did I miss so many Hamilton <laughs> references um I just thought it was like very unique like definitely with the with the narrative voices, especially with like young adult type books, you end up feeling like it could all be narrated by the same person sometimes, mm-hmm. like they don't seem to have very distinguishing characteristics or a very um unique voice, and I thought with this book the narrative voices were unique compared to other books, but also unique within the book. I struggle sometimes with multiple perspective books because if they're not distinct enough, the different, um, narrated sections, I get confused about like who's who, who's talking in this. And with this book, it was, they had very distinct voices, which I think can be difficult to do as an author. Um,
0: I agree with you in some ways and disagree in other ways, so the book rotated between three narrators, Marnie
1: and Nellie, so the two sisters Marnie yeah. and Nellie, and then the neighbor Lenny.
0: Right. And so I agree with you that they were each distinct, but one of the things that I wrote in my review is that i didn't especially Marnie, I didn't feel like she was consistent chapter to chapter in her chapters. Okay. Um I just I know th- like a lot of time passed and a lot of the cha- the chapters were so short which I love but they were such small glimpses that I never quite got a full grasp of her character I didn't think
1: I kind of thought that was a little bit of the point though hmm. she's 15 like she's trying to work out who she is. Like she, she's too busy trying to like take care of her sister and make sure they have enough money and try and have a job and try and balance this lazy drug dealer. Oh. That's kind of, um, taking advantage of her. Yeah. And I think she's trying to be an adult and trying to be a kid all at the same time.
0: I know. And honestly, part of it, it just, Oh, it just made me shiver. So that I was like, Oh,
1: this is my favorite book to just tag.
0: Yeah. Feral you used, children you used feral children. You think that's appropriate in this case? They're on
1: their own and they, they buried their dead parents. I think feral child, I think Tarzan. I don't know. They weren't locked in an They attic. had no supervision.
0: Mm. Also, all these books are take place in Scotland and they never feel like they're in Scotland to me. It always feels like a much of an afterthought. Okay. I should
1: disagree with this one. You, There's a lot of Scottish slang in. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, a lot of British terms, and... I guess so. guess okay, so you just really did not like this book. Um, I think I gave it a decent grade in the end. So you would not recommend it?
0: Uh, I wanted to like it. I appreciated it. I appreciated it.
1: What did you appreciate about it?
0: That the author, you know, I mean, in most books, a double murder or two deaths like that would be, like you said, the pinnacle of the plot. And in this case, it was, like, almost throwaway lines at the beginning. It was almost an
1: afterthought of, like, yeah. well, now we have to get rid of them.
0: But I just, oh, I didn't want I didn't want that to be happening. So I didn't want to read it. I didn't want it to be happening. Yeah. And my other comment that I found strange about the narration is that, so Lenny is, like, narrating his as if he's writing it to his dead boyfriend? Yeah, he has a brain tumor.
1: He's... Yeah. Yeah, so oh, he, I think... was he? Did he never have that relationship no. that he was talking to? Oh gosh, that's hmm. a sad twist. No, I think he really did have that relationship, but I think he was like a bit of a loner, partially yeah. because he was forced to by society, but I think like, he lived by himself for so long, that I think he just talked out loud yeah. to Joseph as if he was still there because he was lonely, but I think part of it was his brain tumor. Oh gosh.
0: Yeah, no, I think I have to admit that it is a good book, and it's well done, but I just... I don't it just want, made you uncomfortable. I don't want to believe that any of these characters exist. White privilege.
1: Yeah. White male middle class privilege. Oh, just, you're just pouring know. it on now. Um, I liked it, though. It didn't... If you oh. want like some sort of unique narration Definitely. and characters kind of overcoming a lot of their shitty circumstances, <sighs> I think it's worth reading. Okay. Um, I don't like, I didn't like Lisa O'Donnell's other book as much. I read another one of hers that's about, oh, I, I don't remember. It's worse than this one.
0: Okay. Meaning
1: it's there's also situations. Is worse? I forget, I forget what the whole plot is. It's also in Scotland on some little island, but there's just a lot of like, it's called closed doors or behind closed doors or something. And, um.
0: Well, you're. I'm, I'm going to pigeonhole you a bit because you're loving this shameless TV show. You just love watching people in shitty situations, I, I think. I have a
1: hard time. I was struggling with the other shameless episode recently. You secretly want to be poor. No, I don't. Nobody wants to be poor. No, that was a joke. Um... I guess it's just people that are in different situations than me. It makes me feel empathetic towards them and makes yeah. me grateful for no, what I I wanted
0: have. to appreciate that, and I wanted that to, like, land. It just didn't work for Not you? Not quite.
1: Okay, fair enough. Okay, that was, whew. Deep. Okay, let's lighten, lighten it up a bit. So we're going to move on to a comedy TV show.
0: Yep. So I've been watching. I'm going to call it Silicon Valley. Silicon. Silicon. Silicon Valley. I don't like saying Silicon.
1: Silicon Valley. No.
0: Silicon. So I was. I've been watching it mostly legal through HBO since season one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then I started this season, season four, and you walked in like halfway through an episode, and you were just cracking up.
1: I watched bits and pieces and you of the last I'll paraphrase,
0: but you said, "Do not ever watch this again without me in the room."
1: I don't think that was that harsh a phrase. I paraphrased. Um, I watched bits and pieces of previous seasons. Yes. Yeah. Just enough to probably annoy you going like who's going on what's going on.
0: Yes, you definitely yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely annoyed me last season. So don't that. you think
1: it's better to for me to just like watch it with you so I don't have to keep missing ten episodes and then asking yeah. what's going on? I
0: still I showed you the the Dick scene from season one, which is probably the funniest thing they've ever done, but we'll have to go back to a few of the other real funny bits that you missed. Okay, you didn't see the horse erection, I'm guessing, from season two or season
1: three. Uh, you would remember <laughs> it. <right? laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Um, my biggest problem with the show, yeah, is that I hate Thomas Middleditch Whew, so much. He needs a nose job, and he needs you to never to be pay for it in the finale. I, I think. will. <laughs> Either that or he needs to just be punched in the nose enough times that doesn't bother me anymore, preferably I by me.
0: I found him endearing in season one to
1: like <sighs>
0: 1.5, and I don't understand why they're still making him the lead and trying to make him the protagonist when they build him up to be such a
1: dick. My problem this season is that they have foregone his personality mm-hmm. to just force the plot. Like they wanted like terrible shit to happen to them. So instead of having Richard make decisions that like Richard's character would actually make, they take every, they seem to take every scene and go, okay, what's the worst possible thing Richard could do in this scene and make him do that just to force the plot. And that seems, uh, that's something that as someone who's written a failed book, I can attest that like, it's, it's hard to keep the plot moving without making it seem like you're doing plot, plot point A, plot point B, plot point C. Mm-hmm. Like you want it to seem organic, like the characters are actually making these decisions. Mm-hmm. And I've been saying that about TV shows recently, that, it, that it, it's starting to seem very obvious when they take a plot and then stick characters into it instead of yeah. vice versa. Like if you're building good characters in a book or a TV show... You should be able to say, what would the characters do in this situation? It shouldn't be, here's the situation we want. How do we shove the characters into this?
0: No, that's a good point.
1: And I feel like that's what they did mostly this season with Richard's character. Was they were like, how could this crash and burn? We're going to make Richard do this stupid thing, even though it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think they... Especially in the finale. I
0: think they thought that was kind of like the inside joke of it. Because they commented on how everything that Richard did or got involved with went to shit. But it still wasn't that... It was terrible to it watch. It
1: wasn't, it just wasn't believable. No. Like it got to the point where, not to give like too many spoilers, I don't know if people even care, but like when they were at the conference and it was so important that they stayed yeah. stealthy so that they could plant these devices to make sure that they got the things they needed and then he decided it would be worth it to go put a rude picture on somebody else's thing just to get back at a girlfriend he didn't even really like. Yeah. What the
0: fuck? Yeah. He would a, not
1: make that decision.
0: That was terrible.
1: Like yeah, just those kind of things. It's like okay, I see that you just wanted to shake up the plot and not have everything go smoothly Mm. and show that he doesn't always make the best decisions and whatever. But it got to the point where it was just like difficult to watch because it was like, are you fucking kidding me? Nobody would do that.
0: Because yeah, the joke of the show was sort of like every season they reset. Like at the beginning of each season, they ended up with like no company, no money, and figure had to figure out what to do. I'm fine with that. But in this, in season four, they did it almost episode by episode. Yeah, they would pivot to something and there was like the one half episode where Dinesh was the CEO and that seemed like that could have lasted and been really really funny but you know 15 minutes later yeah everything it was, was like they had a full narrative arc reset. in every
1: episode yeah like they want to make it like friends or something yeah yeah Stretch. I just I just can't handle him anymore he's left there with like one of my least favorite characters of all time it's okay. like
0: well let's let's rank the leads so he's gonna be your last who's your favorite I know who your favorite is
1: Oh God, I don't know.
0: You love Gilfoyle. You always giggle when he does, says one of his saintliness things. I would things.
1: not want to be his friend. I do not like him as a person. Yeah, but I think he's a funny character. Oh, I don't like him. He I don't think be he'd be funny, my number but... one though. I think Gabe. What's his name? Uh, um,
0: Jared is definitely this Jared. season is number one. Jared for sure. was
1: number one this season. Then I would say uh, Gilfoyle, and then oh. I would say T.J. Miller. And with, then I yeah. would say Dinesh. I don't really like Dinesh either. I love... Like What's though. his face? What's his name? Bighead. Bighead. No, 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 no. What's, Which one? What's um, Dinesh's um, real name? Kumal. Kumal. I like... I really Mangiano. like him on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I don't
0: like his character. Are we gonna go see his movie? Sure. It's a terrible movie name, but it's supposed to be really good. Sure.
1: Um... I don't like I don't like the Lor the, no, not Lori. What's the girl's name? Monica. Monica meh. They didn't do very much with her this yeah, season. Yeah, no, she was a waste. She was underused this season. Big
0: head when he was in the episodes at the it beginning. Was really the funny. Stanford stuff was really, really funny and then they just, you know, but had him disappear till the last. But uh, so yeah, I pretty much agree. I like Dine I like Dinesh more than you. Ugh. Um But yeah, I think the, you know, the honest truth of this season is that Jared was way funnier than Ehrlich, even though Ehrlich is normally thought of as like the... Yeah, they didn't know what to do with him this
1: season, and I I see why they wrote him off, but I don't know if that's going to be a good choice in the long run. Yeah. Um, But no, Jared did carry a lot of the comedic scenes of the... (laughs) um, I was just going to say that I think... um, (laughs) Richard scalp them. (laughs) I'll talk them into suicide. That's for your warning. Um, I think... He is like my second least favorite character of all time from a TV show I've watched.
0: Uh, Richard? Mr. Schuster. Shoe and Richard.
1: Richard Ross. Top three angry, uh, annoying white guys. Self-entitled, righteous, self-righteous, stupid white guys.
0: Yeah, and I won't get too techy on you right now, but we do talk tech on this podcast once in a while. Sure. The technology for this season, and I give them credit, they have to come up with... You know, random shit that doesn't exist to make it seem interesting, but yeah, this the plot they went with this year. Okay, the the new internet being all about peer to peer mobile devices. First off, peer to peer is a thing already. Skype for many years ran on peer to peer, where they didn't have a central host. How
1: you like drop pictures if you turn AirDrop on? Sure. Is that peer to peer?
0: Well, yeah. The idea is that you don't need a central place to store that picture, so it always live on either your. Machine or the other person's machine, and it would just bounce back and forth. Right,
1: like if I try and turn AirDrop on and you turn my AirDrop yeah. on, and I sent
0: a photo to you, it would just. So yeah, Richard's whole idea is to get rid of servers, and they, everything can just live on phones. But you know, servers serve a good purpose. <laughs> um, and and the plot about this medical, this insurance company, whatever it was, that they were their biggest customer. You
1: kept forgetting that. I kept having to remind you, like what. Um, well, why yeah. things weren't working, or why they were concerned about the data and stuff? But there's absolutely no
0: way that someone with medical records would trust this company to spread that data that across. Literally
1: fell out of a server off the back of a truck.
0: Well, right. If it and now is in fridges everywhere. Yeah, like that's just abs- They're like, yeah, security is important. No, zero uh, chance. Not.
1: Yeah. Um, I just the finale was terrible. Okay. So stop listening now if you haven't watched the finale yet. But like, he deserved to crash and burn. If, yeah. if anything this season proved, it's that all of his lies and all of his bullshit and manipulations and, like, keeping his friends out of the loop and trying to do all this shit that he d- couldn't do... He should have got what was coming to him.
0: Well, right, and he sort of did it in the professional sense, even though then he got bailed out. But why did his friends take him back? I don't
1: know, because all he did was lie and manipulate them the entire season. Oh, like, well, lie straight to their faces Jared, over and when over. When he tried to quit, and then he said he'd stay for two weeks, and then he <clears> fired <throat> him? Like, the problem with making Richard such a dick is that you don't root for him at all. No. Like, if he's just kind of bumbling along and gets some tough breaks and sometimes make bad choices because he's, like, young and doesn't know what he's doing, you can still root for that. But this season, they just made him intentionally making bad choices, hmm. and then in the end, it felt cheap. Like I didn't want him to succeed in the end. Yeah. Like when it was turned out he was saved, I was like, "Damn nah, it!" Yeah. I wanted to see him literally get punched in the face. Yeah. Like I wanted to see him lose everything, have to grovel and apologize for losing all their data, yeah. and get punched in the face, and have his friends walk away. I wanted the season to end.
0: He should have had to with go his friends to Gavin away. Belson and begged. To be rescued. Yeah. Instead he was like, I'm big and tough. I can take on anyone.
1: So I just felt like he did not get the ending he deserved. The only... If anything, mm-hmm. the, his friends should have kicked him out and put yeah. Jared as the CEO. Jared. And have... And like, if,
0: competing companies? If,
1: not even competing companies. I want Richard to be like homeless. Like, yeah. if, if they're going to have the data be saved, I want them to have kicked Richard out... Yeah. Once they realized the data was saved. Mm. Thanks to them, not Richard.
0: Well, the twist would be as if uh, Richard had to go be the squatter in Jared's apartment. Right.
1: <laughs> I'm serious.
0: Or Richard got kicked out into the, to the basement. The one good Richard scene this year was always him in the doctor's office, I will watch. And this one when the doctor didn't know how he'd replace the paper on his little thing. <laughs> that one made me, made me laugh. Yeah. Well,
1: and now Jin, I'll have
0: to. Yeah. Jin Yang was- See Food. Was really good with his octopus app. It's a water animal. And then when he got early, premium economy. <laughs> we had
1: him to get there four hours early. <laughs> International six hours. I just dropped him off.
0: Um, I also have one link that I thought was going to be awesome. It said, we break down every joke within the Silicon, Silicon Valley titles, yeah. which is in the title sequence. Oh yeah. I right didn't there. click
1: on that because I was like, that looks stupid.
0: So we'll was it, it stupid? Out. Was stupid? Was I right? They just went one by one and they're like, this company does this and this company's building <laughs> looks like this. And I was like, oh my God, I made it like 30 seconds in. I
1: saw bad. that and I was like, I'm not going to click on that because yeah. it looks stupid.
0: And I was like, how many jokes could they fit in? It's like a 10 second title sequence. Yeah. So yeah, we'll post that, but you don't have to waste your time.
1: So I am willing to go back and watch some of the funnier ones from previous yeah, seasons. Yeah, i have to figure
0: out which ones are the good ones. And
1: I guess I'm interested to see where they go next season, but I just don't want them to keep succeeding. Like, Richard needs to, like, seriously pivot, and it seems like every time he was going to be remorseful, he would then be like, well, I'm be forced to make this tough decision again. Yeah. Like, there's only so many times I could watch that plot play out mm. and, like, be fine with it and let it go. And mm-hmm. I just wish he got some sort of comeuppance at the end.
0: Okay, that's good. I think we could talk about some upcoming stuff now. I just requested for you to show the Jumanji trailer right before we hit record. Yeah. And it was not what I expected.
1: I was describing it as Breakfast Club meets Jurassic Park. I was gonna pretty much say the same thing. High five. Well, that was almost my face.
0: Um, it feels like they, like the Jumanji license was up for grabs. And so someone... Like with
1: Spider-Man, they had to make the movie or they were going to lose it. Yeah.
0: But like it did not seem to have the same spirit as the Robin Williams It seems film.
1: like they had one script for a weird video game movie with The Rock. Yes. And another script for Let's Reboot Jumanji. Yep. They, took, they ripped the cover page off the Jumanji one and yep. smacked it on the other book.
0: Absolutely. Other script. The whole magic of Jumanji was that the game came out the game came out of the game and into the real world in this case they went into the game Debeats which the purpose. can be interesting but yeah it's just like okay you're in a virtual reality I mean I guess reality, you don't
1: right? want to like um, repeat the same gags as the first movie but, but yeah, that was the whole point. It would be interesting to see a modern take on right. that.
0: And especially because when we were watching Jumanji, it was on TV a few months ago the special effects are so terrible. Yeah. And now to do it well. I also
1: just thought it was strange that they introduced these high school age characters for 30 seconds and then it was just The Rock and Jack Black.
0: Yeah. So at first, the and, trailer um, is very, very strange. Kevin, Kevin Hart. Hart. Uh, the trailer is very strange. It starts off and it almost seems like it's like a scary movie like just a really bad like a satire yeah Yeah. but then you're like oh no this they're they're kind of taking this seriously so i do i do have a weakness for actors playing characters who aren't themselves yeah you chuckled
1: quite a bit at some of those gags
0: but i don't know if that can sustain 90 to 120 minutes
1: yeah of them in weird chase scenes and yeah yeah okay i was not that intrigued um, I was going to say another HBO one. Did you see them what? making a Fahrenheit 451 movie? No. And do you know who's in it? Who? Michael B. Jordan. I'll probably figure <laughs> out who he is. <laughs> we'll have to watch Friday Night Lights the next season before that comes out. He's in out.
0: Black Panther. He's in Friday Night Lights. Did you
1: finally read Fahrenheit 451?
0: I did. Okay. Um, it's, not, it's not how people describe it. No. It's, it's not a book about burning books at no, all. No, it's
1: more 1984-esque. Or and like... it's
0: all about technology. I mean, he's very, very good at predicting smartphones and internet and things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm still, I, I can tell I'm more of a Philip K. Dick kind of person. Okay. Uh, but yeah, okay. Um,
1: did you see the, the trailer for The Greatest Showman? What's that mean? It's the one with Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron and it was like uh, about the circus.
0: I thought I dreamed this.
1: It was, it was really weird, but I'm intrigued.
0: Zac, does Zac have a shirt off?
1: Mm, possibly. He must have. He point. had a very tight white shirt on that was on. So it's meant to be about the beginning of, um, like Barnum and Bailey or whatever, or Ringling Brothers. I don't yeah. remember which one. Um, and Hugh Jackman is like this down and his luck dad and he decides he's going to like uh-huh. take his magic to the big stage. um, so it was kind of Moulin Rouge-esque. Like, it reminded me of Moulin Rouge plus water mm. for elephants.
0: Look at you just doing these math equations. I know.
1: Um, so the, it's had the same kind of, like, magic-y vibe as, like, Moulin Rouge or, like, Big Fish or something like yeah. that. Where it's, like, a bit of, um, like, magic-y. Yeah. But I don't... I don't really support the circus.
0: You don't support the circus? Because of the animals. They treat their
1: animals, yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, but this seems more like about the people behind the circus. I've never been super intrigued by like running away to the circus kind of things. I don't know. I'll make you watch the Well, trailer. I
0: don't know if you know this, but I was in a middle school production. I can't remember what it's called, but it's the P.T. Barnum musical...
1: What was it called? It's not a thing, honey. They Can made that, that up because right right it now? was probably free.
0: Yeah, probably. I played like clown number two. Yikes. Um Yeah, and my I can't remember anything about the show because my school could not afford enough scripts. So I actually never saw or read <laughs> the entire show. I knew which two scenes to come into and what lines were said before mine. Was it a musical or a yeah, play? There, the first song is There's a Sucker Born Every Minute. There's a Sucker. Every minute.
1: Okay.
0: I was clown number two. Um,
1: did you know that it was I a was
0: speaking role. I was in some stage crew. Yeah,
1: I was in stage crew.
0: What was your finest production?
1: Um, I had a speaking part. <laughs> like
0: when you would change the set in between you'd shout something out?
1: No. In um Bye Bye Birdie mm-hmm. I ha- I was like a bit meta, like breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> okay. Because when they're on the T V show yeah. on the Bye Bye Birdie thing. You
0: were, like, the production company?
1: I was one of the bodyguards who has to take away the dad. So there's a scene where um, Conrad Birdie and Mm -hmm. the girl are, Mm -hmm. like, talking, and the dad is like, don't you touch my daughter, and the dad gets dragged off stage. Yeah. I was one of the bouncers, and I had to say something like, come with me, sir, or something, and drag him off the stage. You must have been intimidating at that age. Um, I wore a black, because it was stage crew. Right. So I was meant to be, like, one of the producers, like, assistants, so it was a bit meta because I was like in my stage crew blacks.
0: Folks, these are anecdotes you don't you don't get on,
1: <coughs> on cereal. Okay, um, Have you, does this exist? The show? I don't think so. There's definitely. What was it called? There's definitely um a song. There's a sucker born every minute. A yeah. Barnum.
0: Yeah, I think it was just called, it's called Barnum. Barnum. Yeah, I think it's just called Barnum. That sounds right.
1: All right, I believe you.
0: It's on home video somewhere.
1: I'm sure it is. Mad Hatter was my preeminent role I thought you were Prince once yeah that play was terrible but Mad Hatter I was I was very important Peter Pan because I had to throw rice on stage to make it seem like they were going go overboard okay that's a really important role yeah. of mine okay
0: Whew, anyways onwards. um I have upcoming stuff if you're all out
1: oh, go Just hit me. my list. I never even saw the Bad Moms the first movie but they're coming yeah. out with the Christmas one that was the one with Mila Kunis yeah and Chris and Christmas yeah um, the Survivor Australia two, <laughs> season two. <laughs> Can I describe this yes. preview? That's why I brought it up.
0: So, so yeah. Um, Australian TV, they struggle fu- funding commercials. There's they a struggle lot of in general. Yeah. They
1: struggle. Full stop.
0: And so there's really been nothing watchable on the Master Chef
1: has been on, but we yeah. haven't been really following it. But very the well.
0: only thing that we've been like we have to turn on Australia TV for was Australian Survivor. They Last had their year first ever season for
1: their first season of Australia. And it was not in Australia. <laughs> it was yeah. the Australian version of Survivor. So Australian all of the contestants host, yeah. were Australian. It was an Australian host who was not great, and they were in. He was. I wanted all of his outfits. Okay, they were in like Samoa or somewhere. Samoa, yeah. Um, it was kind of hilarious. Because mm. they kept just wanting to be honest with each other. Survivor is <laughs> all about lying, and they kept being like, "I feel bad lying. We should go tell them to their face." And then they get voted out because then yeah. they they gave away their whole game plan. Yeah,
0: they were like two sneaky people, and those like were the two, that they were too nice. To yeah,
1: like they would like clap for each other and shit. <laughs> um but see the season two yeah. finale came out uh, st- sorry season two trailer came out and they were like this man is a yoga instructor but it's they, all a lie oh he's
0: yes. not actually a yoga so instructor they show this buff guy and he's like kind of touching his toes and the voiceover is like yeah you know doug is a, has been a yoga instructor for 10 years and then doug does his like little confessional and he goes i don't actually He's like, I wonder how long I can keep this up. <laughs> and so, no, yeah, I thought like this was like their way of saying there's going to be plenty of high comedy on this on this season, but no, they were dead serious. They serious. were like, this
1: was this long con. Yeah, they're right. like,
0: this will be. I think they called it the greatest con ever yes. in Survivor history in Australian
1: Survivor history they so did one season. <laughs>
0: qualify, yeah. So yeah, the the idea is that that people will not catch on that he does not know yoga and that somehow that will make
1: a difference in his game that they think he You a need yoga to be instructor. flexible
0: in a lot of those challenges though so I, I, I think they're going to figure it out. doesn't
1: matter if he's a yoga instructor.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: Anyway, so that's we look to look forward to Can for we, sure. We
0: have to try to link people to that. that I'll try.
1: Cool. Um, and the last thing I was going to say that I'm not excited for, yeah. Dan Brown has a new book coming yeah, out. Yeah, I've
0: read a few sets stories um, about It's going it. to
1: be in Spain, though. He's going to ruin Spain for me. Yeah, there's I'm sure, plenty of
0: culture. He I'm could. sure
1: I'll get it for my mom for Christmas and she'll be excited that she's been to some of the places in Spain. Okay. I got her like a like a crime thrillery book that was set in Melbourne, and she was very excited that mm-hmm. she recognized some of the names like St Kilda and stuff. That's fun. So I'm sure I'll get her that one.
0: Okay, a couple of updates for you. Um, there's going to be a sequel. Think of the movies we've seen in theaters last year, and what's one that would absolutely not need a sequel?
1: Ooh, uh... it has
0: Ben Affleck as the star.
1: Ooh, that accountant.
0: Yes. Getting rebooted to have him and his brother How? go do more shit,
1: well, I guess if he's with the brother, the whole first movie was like antagonizing the brother, but I still don't yeah, really as long want as to they don't it. do
0: any of those flashbacks Such again, and weird, that j k yeah. Simmons about I'm walking up the stairs so slowly, this gunch, oh my God, that was terrible. Fuller House is getting ready for season three. Ooh, we never want season two i don't, can't think of a show that I've ever had a
1: uh, more different hate.
0: Yeah, hate, love, hate, love, hate, indifference, feeling towards. Yeah. Um, The interesting note about this news story is that Netflix is going to release half a season one day, and then a couple months later do the rest of the season.
1: So they're gonna see how it goes, or they just haven't filmed
0: it. Pick an approach. Yeah, either you're supporting this terrible binge habit, or release them in somewhat of a more normal. way. Or just call
1: them seasons three and four. Yeah, point (laughs) fives. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Anyways, okay. And last thing, neither of us have really gotten into comics or graphic novels, but I think this is going to be the turning point.
1: Oz Comic Con is on
0: right now. Oh, timely! So get ready for a graphic novel adaptation of. To Kill a Mockingbird.
1: Oh, okay.
0: You ready for that?
1: Is it approved by Harper Lee?
0: Apparently. I guess she didn't give the okay for ebooks until like two years before she died. But apparently, graphic novel, good to go. All right. So, Boo Radley in cartoon form.
1: Okay, I will leave you. To say
0: the only comic I've ever read was the Bible in graphic novel form. That, <laughs> I veggie gotta, Tales? That was the furthest I've ever gotten through a Bible. Was Oh, I thought so was... you said the
1: furthest you've ever gotten through a graphic novel. Well, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to get into graphic novels and comics now.
0: No. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay, that was fun. I think that's it for today. Our neighbors are getting a bit rowdy, so I think Ooh. we need to cut this off. Okay. We'll be back next week. Hopefully. It's another book I'm forcing you to read.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much our standard operating procedure. <laughs> you. Chair. Okay.
1: Thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll catch you next week. I did not do any ads this
0: week at all. Oh, yeah.
1: Book Digits, okdigits dot com. Sign up for an account, track uh, your to-read list, track the books you've read, see how fast you read and how many pages you've read this year, lots of cool stats.
0: And, oh, uh, shit, this month is ending, like, right now. Oh, shit, I gotta go pick someone who run the raffle. Like, and there's right a now. raffle,
1: like, right now. Okay,
0: I'm gonna go and pick that person. There's a
1: monthly raffle. Why don't we announce it live?
0: Uh, we could. It's actually on this computer.
1: Let's do it. So, so every month we do a raffle, raffle off. Usually it's a gift card to Amazon or Barnes & Noble, but sometimes it's actual book. This yeah. month it's a copy of The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret yeah. Atwood, which we still need to watch that pilot of that time. So, we are going to clone uh,
0: up the database right now.
1: Do a live raffle draw. Wow,
0: this is thrilling. Thrilling. Um, so, yeah, I hope it's someone who's going to like Margaret Atwood.
1: Everyone um, should read Handmaid's Ta- so uh, this, Handmaid's so it A Handmaid's Tale. So, this was the June
0: one. So, you can log on to Book Digits and start reviewing things in July. All right, here Every we go. Every book
1: that you review yep. and leave a comment. Correct. You um, get You get a ticket.
0: The winner is Peter B. MacD. You've won!
1: Alright, I've seen
0: them quite a bit on the homepage, I think. Alright, so that will go up on the site. This podcast will be posted on Monday. Have a great week, everyone. Enjoy life. And watch out for Jumanji video games. Alright, see you later. See you, bye.